1: Thanks for listening to the Toronto Legends Podcast. I am your host, Andrew Applebaum. My guest today is Monica Schner, Canada's first supermodel. Growing up in Scarborough, at 14, Monica was the youngest ever to win the prestigious Ford Modeling Agency's Supermodel of the World competition. At the age of just 15, she was the youngest ever to have appeared on the cover of American Vogue and in the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Issue. Leveraging her experiences as a globally recognized model, Monica moved to California and into an acting and hosting career, where she had memorable appearances on The Bold and the Beautiful, as well as Beverly Hills 90210. Today, Monica is back in her home province of Ontario and has transitioned into a career in the real estate industry. Welcome, Monica, to Toronto Legends. Thank you for joining me. Where are you and how are you? (laughs)
0: <laughs> Thank you for having me. I am in Collingwood, Ontario, and I'm doing really well.
1: How long have you been in Collingwood?
0: So we moved when my son started junior kindergarten, and that would have been 2017.
1: And how do you like being there? Everyone who lives in that area, we picture them skiing and bike riding. and very active? Do you like the outdoors?
0: Yes. I, I actually just hiked up Blue Mountain. Uh, I hike every morning. So, yes, we are doing all of those things, hiking, biking, skiing. It's very active, which is nice.
1: Excellent. Well, I'm jealous. It's great to be able to go out your door and see all that mm-hmm. great mountain. Now, you have just recently joined the Engel and Volcker's real estate empire, but apparently you have been involved in investing in real estate in Ontario Mm -hmm. for many years. What Mm -hmm. was and is your current involvement in real estate?
0: So, just a little backstory. I've always been passionate about real estate. I've secretly, I guess privately, been funding my um, my career with, um, you know, flipping, and I just I decided during the pandemic to become a real estate uh, salesperson. With Engel and Volcker, we say advisor, which I prefer. (laughs) Rico prefers salesperson. But anyway, I just love the idea of affecting someone's entire life. You know, if I hadn't met my real estate agent when I did and bought my cottage, for instance, I never would have met my husband and had a baby. So I love the idea that... You can really alter the course of someone's life in a positive and tangible way.
1: Well, it sounds like it's a, it's a holistic thing for you. And like you say, one thing leads to another. You never know where you're going. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to talk about all this great stuff. With your permission, we're going to go all the way back and okay. get the Monica Schneer story. Okay. You are a native Torontonian. Where <laughs> were you born? And talk about your upbringing.
0: Sure. So I'm the youngest of three children. We were all born in Scarborough. No, sorry. My sister and I were born in Scarborough. My brother was born in uh, downtown Toronto. And my mom lived on Erskine Avenue in Toronto and then met my uh, dad at a German club in Muskoka. (laughs) dancing and moved when they um, had more children to Scarborough and it was sort of in the country back then you know they had milk deliveries even (laughs) and uh, in the 60s and it was really you know a beautiful place to grow up Scarborough can have a bad rap but I, I loved growing up there my backyard was uh, adjacent to the school playground and we could hop the fence and go to school and uh, yeah I, I still have the same friends from when I grew up uh, from kindergarten and so it was really an idyllic lifestyle.
1: Well we're very, as you can imagine, we're very Toronto focused here so let's just drill down yeah. into this. What, what was the neighborhood or intersection of Scarborough where you, yeah. where you had your growing I grew up time?
0: Up, yeah, of course I grew up at McCown and Ellesmere Mm-hmm. And I was on Linbrook Drive, and my mom and dad are still in Scarborough. So, hey, yeah, so uh, strong ties to to Toronto, and I love. I still go to Toronto every, you know, every week to help my mom out and uh, visit my dad. Well, so fabulous! Very you're you're, lucky. you're not
1: far away. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, very lucky to still have them around and living in uh, on their own in, in their own homes.
1: It's amazing because I uh, I grew up uh North York, Victoria Park mm-hmm. in Van Horn. J- exactly what you said, Monica. When my parents moved there, it was like in the sticks. We mm-hmm. were uh mm-hmm. like on the outskirts of the city and uh my parents buying that house, they had overextended themselves at, at thirty thousand dollars couldn't believe what they were doing and now the world's changed so much we're somehow kind of central and mccown and elsmere it's great they're still in that house you can still go back and check out your old bedroom
0: <laughs> no they're not in the same house but they're in the same area um okay but in same area in scarborough i'm i drive by the old house sometimes and um, get nostalgic
1: <laughs> they have they ever thought of putting a little marker there? This was the uh, the original <laughs> home of Monica. I Fair. don't
0: think so. I think the current owners. I wrote them and asked them if I could buy this swing set because my dad built it, and mm-hmm. um, they didn't get back to me. So I don't think they care who lived <laughs> who lived there.
1: You never you never know. There's always a, a future trip. Yeah. Now, Monica, where'd you go to junior high school? Do you remember?
0: Yeah, J.S. Woodsworth on oh gosh, that would be what street is that um just before mccat markham um not bellamy brimley maybe bellamy i don't remember j.s woodsworth <laughs> and then Seven, that led you
1: over to okay Wilburn. yeah then, and um, then for high sc- eight to high sc-
0: 13 Yep. yeah, yeah. Uh, was woburn
1: now uh, on you graduated from mm-hmm. Woolburn with mm-hmm. honors but there mm-hmm. was to put it mm-hmm. mildly a lot of excitement between your first and last days at Woburn. We're, we're going to get to all of that. Yeah. I want to tell you, you were boldly promoted on your high school's website as a famous Woburnite. Oh. Uh, may I tell you who else are famous Woburnites? Oh, okay, sure. Okay. We'll see. You can, you can take a guess as well. But here's... So Heather yeah. Morton, okay. she won Miss Teen Canada in 1987. Okay. Now this sounds exciting for her, but this was 1 year after you were named <laughs> Supermodel of the World. So <laughs> yeah. I guess not really great time timing for Heather Morton. She was like a, a day late and a dollar short. <laughs> Other famous Woburnites, Ed Robertson and Stephen mm. Page from Bare Naked Ladies.
0: Woohoo. Now, yeah. they would have
1: been around your time, no?
0: Yeah, I still see Ed. He married a friend of mine, one of the kindergarten girls, so I okay uh it's a you know yes we were all very proud I mean I think he gets sick of me saying in interviews that I know the bare naked ladies but I I was so proud of them I mean one in five Canadians have their first album it's Gordon it's it was amazing what they've done and they're even bigger now in the states than they are here I think they they play more dates in the states than they do at home so living in la I was I just told everyone that I knew that I I, I went to school with the bare naked ladies I was just super proud
1: and if I'm not mistaken I don't know how this all ties in but you'll see Mm-mm. how it ties in Jason mm-hmm. Priestley directed a video yeah. for them and him being Canadian yeah. as well I guess he had a relationship with them
0: yeah they're I think they're They're quite friendly um, Natalie and Ed are friendly with Jason and his wife and I actually worked with Jason on 90210 so full circle all uh, these cr- Canadians
1: <laughs> believe me we're we're, we're going to get to that. <laughs> okay, I'm okay, keep... I'm jumping ahead, sorry. <laughs> let's keep going. <laughs> that's okay, that's good. I'm going to keep going with these Woburnites, because yeah. you're you, so far into yeah, two go. for two. Yeah, let's
0: go. Oh, there's more. Okay, From the wor- sorry.
1: <laughs> oh, there's there's many more, Monica. From the world okay. of TV, Much Music VJ, Hannah Sung, Sports oh. Centers Holly Horton, The Scores, Steve cooley and TSN's NHL insider Bob McKenzie. Now, he's older than us. He's now retired and recently been rebranded as Bobby Margarita. Okay. I want to give you one last notable yeah. Woburnite. Charlie Huddy, oh NHL defenseman. He was a member of all five of the Edmonton Oilers Stanley Cup winning teams in the late 80s, alongside, of course, the great one, Wayne Gretzky. Monica, do you have any memorable Scarborough hangouts or food mm. spots that you want to tell us about?
0: Oh, man. Um, there's a, well, back in the day or right now? do you mean current back or in that? the day and the day okay back in the day a big a big night out with my family was Callie's restaurant it was a fine dining establishment with a salad bar which was a big deal to me <laughs> they had a salad huge. bar huge and then chi chi's and they had a deep fr- it was at Mark- Markham and elsmere and they ha- on the northeast side and they had a deep fried ice cream mexican ice cream which was so cool and i remember being so full after that meal i had the soft taco always and the and the deep fried ice cream when i was a kid
1: <laughs> it's, i'm i'm with you chi chi's was huge and it's mm-hmm. amazing today i think people would laugh at it so that was uh, toronto's uh, top mexican food option back then yes but i i i like you have fond memories of that now how about today you have mm-hmm. something today when you go back and visit
0: Yes, you know, all oh, the name escapes me, but there's a, um, a Jamaican place um north on Ma- McAllen, sorry, north of Elsmere as you go towards the 407. And um, excellent, excellent. I'm going to think of it later and text you. <laughs> excellent <laughs> okay. Jamaican food.
1: Well, you come up with it later, we're going to add it to the yeah. show notes. That's okay. great. That's okay. great. Now Monica, let's jump into the amazing story of the start of your modeling career okay in 1986 at age 14 you won the ford modeling agency's supermodel of the world contest becoming as i mentioned the youngest ever to win how did you even get involved with this (laughs) and eventually win this contest coming from scarborough canada no less
0: well it's a bit of a story but I heard people telling my mom, overheard them saying that your daughter should model and... Um you know I would talk to my mom about it and she would say no you're too young and so I took it upon myself to write or to call the agencies one day out of the yellow pages and there was no internet and um, I called all of them and you know told them I was 13 and I was five eleven, and (laughs) they all said come in immediately (laughs) and um, so I made eight appointments and they had open calls back then and these days, I think you just email your picture. So I um, I made the appointments, and I said, Hey, Mom, you know, on Thursday or whatever, Friday, we're going downtown. And I dragged her downtown against her wishes. And um, yeah. and then they all wanted to sign me, and I I wanted to be with Elite because it looked fancy. They had the fancy offices. And my mom, thank goodness, she said no because... Landing with Judy Welch, uh, a smaller boutique agency and more motherly matron, my mom thought she would take care, maternal, she would take care of me. And she submitted my photo to Eileen Ford, and then I was chosen to represent Canada for the Supermodel of the World contest, which was then called the Face of the 80s. And and within six months, I was on stage winning for Canada. That's how crazy and fast it was
1: that's Uh, incredible yeah january 13th
0: oh yeah (laughs) thanks mom Uh, january 13th yeah on january 13th 1986 i won that contest and it changed my life forever it was sort of these days you know we have um all of those top model uh, america's next top model and canada's next top model Mm -hmm. which is now no longer but i was very lucky to come along at that Mm -hmm. time because it was televised live and i it reached so many people in so many countries and it was uh, it, it, I think these days things get lost because you you don't watch people aren't watching TV, you know they're not watching cable. But at that time it was so it was just there was so much attention around it and the era of the supermodel and um, I was just luck good timing.
1: Well, like you say, this was pre-internet, (laughs) pre-social media. Like everyone Mm -hmm. was focused on, Mm -hmm. there were less entertainment options. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. You appeared on the cover of American Vogue Mm -hmm. at 15 years old, sharing Mm -hmm. the title of youngest ever on the cover of that magazine with the one and only Brooke Shields. How did this come about, and what do you remember about that experience? Mm-hmm.
0: So right after the contest, I was flown to, oh, it was a whirlwind. I flew to New York to shoot with Avedon for American Vogue, which is a big deal, because Avedon shot most of the Vogue covers, and uh, he's he was a huge, iconic photographer, and um so I I remember working with him and Polly Mellon and all of these interviews were happening An Interview Magazine was there and I remember Polly Mellon yelling shoot this girl before she turns 15 (laughs) and they wrote that in the article and um, yeah I just got to work with the best of the best and uh, thankfully I got an American it wasn't guaranteed from the contest but I got an American Bowl cover
1: wow and mm-hmm. when did you, or how did you know, as you say, you didn't know if you'd be, if you, if the photo would get in, you'd mm-hmm. be on the cover. How mm-hmm. did you get notified that this was actually going to happen? You're not going to be on the cover of American Vogue.
0: You know, I can't remember exactly, but I believe maybe my, my booker, so that's your, the person that takes care of you at the agency. Uh, my booker, Marion might have called me and said that I got the cover. And back in the day, you know, you sometimes wouldn't know until it came out on the newsstands. These days, everything is sort of spoiled by the internet. Uh, Back then, it was a surprise when you were on the cover. And I have to say, before the cover, when I was modeling for that short time before the contest, when I was 13, Alfred Sung caught wind of me um, that uh, my agent had this young girl and she was you know 5'11 and she was going to the contest and alfred hired me and i was in american vogue with his first ad and i was on the subway and i i saw this woman you know looking at my picture and that was the first time i saw myself in american vogue
1: Oh, that's awesome. And mm-hmm. Would this have been for, this wasn't Club Monaco, this was the Sung this brand? This was or?
0: Alfred Sung's brand and he did his first photo shoot with me.
1: Did you, uh, did you get up on that subway car and walk over and say, hey, this, you're looking at me or you just enjoyed the moment?
0: <laughs> I just enjoy, I was too shy. I didn't, sorry, I misspoke. I, it's not his first photo shoot. It was his first um, ad in Vogue. That's what I meant oh, by um, Alfred Sung's. Mm-hmm.
1: That, what an awesome experience yeah also monica at the age of 15 you appeared in the sports illustrated swimsuit issue Mm -hmm. which by the way in those days the swimsuit issue outsold the regular weekly edition of sports (laughs) illustrated which in itself again back then mag it was a huge magazine in the 80s -hmm. the swimsuit Mm -hmm. issue was even bigger Mm -hmm. how did this come about and what do you remember about that experience
0: I went on a call for the magazine, and I met with Julie. She was the uh, the woman that chose the models, and she, um, oh, I can't remember her last name, but she, you know, you had to get into a swimsuit, and she looked at your body, and she said, "Do you want to do you want to shoot for Sports Illustrated?" And I said, "Yeah," <laughs> and I was fifteen, <laughs> and they had me jumping, and we were in Domin- the uh, Dominican Republic. Oh, Dominican. Uh, yeah and um, Casa de Campo. And um, yeah, that was a whole nother story because I don't tan very well. I am very white and they wanted the girls tanned. And I remember I I was really worried about being sent home if I couldn't tan and I burned my backside. And then I had to try on all of these swimsuits and I didn't say a word, but it was so painful my burn was so painful on the backside but I didn't want to be sent home so I just suffered through it it's not as glamorous as people <laughs> you might imagine you know and then you're also waking up at three o'clock to go two hours away to catch some sunrise it's um but it's you know it's a good story now
1: well, and and plus at that age and that time, I, I'm going to presume. Have you ever been out of outside of North America at that point when you went to the Dominican?
0: Um, I had already been modeling, so I ha- I had you know been to Mexico on a vacation with my family, and um, but and G- Germany lots of times because my family's German, so I would visit with my family. But no, I hadn't been on my own anywhere.
1: <laughs> now. Today, a 15 mm. year old in a swimsuit issue mm-hmm, seems mm-hmm. more than a bit creepy. And you, yeah. you mentioned one of your colleagues, uh, the, the quote was, shoot this girl before she's 15. <laughs> yeah. But at the time, we're talking yeah. about these were huge opportunities. How did your parents react? Yeah. Uh, what was your awareness of the whole situation?
0: Well, looking back now, you're right. It just, I mean, I understand where people would say, oh my God why would they hire a 15-year-old? But I also looked 30, you know? (laughs) Like when when I was modeling, I was doing ads, and this is the creepiest one. I was on the cover of Wedding Bells, which I think, I I mean, that's illegal, right? To get married at 15, so. Yeah, I I would think. But for the swimsuit issue, I felt, why not? I go to the beach, I'm in a swimsuit, what's the difference, right? And I didn't really, you know, think of it as men lusting after me, I just thought, what a great opportunity! But now, as an adult, of course, I understand how that might be a little bit, um, maybe mm, inappropriate. Maybe eighteen or nineteen might be a more appropriate. Well, of times age, times certainly changed. So, times, you're right. Times have changed, and when we know better, we do better, right?
1: It's different lens for sure. Yeah. Now, Monica, during this, basically five-year modeling period in the 80s were you actually going to school
0: so it's also complicated to explain but i thought i would just go back to school and then it was very hard right so i started um my teachers were very accommodating and i fast-tracked and i also did Um, we called it correspondence then I sent in things to a teacher while I was traveling and I finished with my class and I I went for three years of the five and I finished with my class somehow got all the credits (laughs) don't know I I don't know how I did it but I did it I wanted to be a good example, I turned down, I can't even tell you so many jobs, modeling jobs, but I wanted to be sort of like an inspiration to young girls and and, and finish school and do all the right things. Now I kind of kick well, myself and, for the money that was left on the, on the table.
1: Oh, but thank the pride for your parents, because as I mentioned, you graduated with honors. And yeah. as you know, you had to work a little bit harder.
0: I did the OACs, and I remember getting that check in the mail. Someone well, someone had stolen my OAC check, because you got, I don't know, $80 or something if you had um, <laughs> yes, you, honors. I, and someone had stolen that. my check out of my envelope, but... Anyway, I was proud of that.
1: Somebody owes Monica her OACR. <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: I'm gonna call the Ministry of Education.
1: <laughs> somebody we'll get somebody on that. Yeah. Now I'm I'm curious about all this. You were an acknowledged supermodel. I can't imagine how your high school peers would react to you. Mm-mm. Did the other kids at Woburn love you or hate Mm-mm.
0: you? You know, I'm going to say a bit of both. <laughs> it was a very strange time. There were things left on my locker and, you know, vandalizing my my Jeep. Um, but I understand that there was envy and um you know, I'm being picked up by a, which was very embarrassing, by a limo at school. I wish they hadn't sent a limo um, <laughs> to go to the airport every other day. And I understand that th- there was resentment, but um, my, my friends stayed my friends. I lost a couple maybe along the way that, you know, couldn't handle it. But, um, but they're, the people that I didn't really know were a bit um, angry at me. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. But it looks well, very there was, glamorous, there was no right? Social
1: media. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, there's no social media, so I guess the good news was you didn't have to read all the comments online. But right. the, 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 the bad news was they. They would tell you to your face,
0: <laughs> yeah, they would tell you to your locker, they would you know, um there were a couple of moments, um I remember being at the Scarborough town Center and someone some guys blocked me in, and there were some scary moments, and some girls at high in high school wouldn't let me leave um kind of cornered me in the hallway physically. There were some altercations, but i i I'm not a fighter, you know, I just um Walked away, and i don't i i don't you know I harbor no resentment because I just um understand that my world looked very exciting and um you know they didn't really know how to handle that
1: sure well it's nice to hear that your true friends were still your friends yeah. And are still yeah your they're still today. there
0: yeah my we just went away to we just went to natalie's cottage and um And Ed's Cottage, and they're just, um, they're my true, true friends, you know, like from the nest. We call each other the nest girls because we all, we came from the same little nest in Scarborough.
1: (laughs) What was your support network like? How did you handle going from regular girl Monica to Mm. supermodel of the world Monica?
0: Well, that was a bit of a lonelier time, you know, because... um, I was traveling, I d- and we didn't have cell phones, and we didn't have the internet, so I was sort of on my own in that way. I guess I would just uh, call my mom, you know, <laughs> I had a boyfriend when I was 16, we'd write letters like snail mail, <laughs> You boy, oh boy. <laughs> I know, um, so there wasn't a lot of, ton of support, it was a bit of a lonely time, to be honest with you.
1: Well, what a time of transition for you. I mean, yeah. it's all happening in a very tight time period. Mm-hmm. I wonder about the guys in your high school. Were they either <laughs> asking you out all the time or were they too scared to actually <laughs> talk to you?
0: You know, I, ha- I had a boyfriend for s- that whole time in high school. Um, well, I met Rob, I think, when I was 14 and we started dating when I was... I didn't... Um, I never got asked out Um I think people knew I, I had a boyfriend and I was a little bit busy <laughs> to pay attention to. I don't think anyone asked me out.
1: <laughs> now, Monica, after basically five years, you left modeling. You then mm-hmm. moved to Los Angeles mm-hmm. to pursue an acting career. Did you, mm-hmm. did you go on your own or did you mm-hmm. have family with you when you went to California?
0: I went on my own, you know, sort of the week after I graduated. I got on a uh, red eye to L.A., and landed in the middle of the, you know, I think you land at 11 p.m. or something. And I had gone down previously to find a roommate. And I met this woman who said, yeah, I'm looking for a roommate. And um, so then I I landed. I went to this house in Manhattan Beach. I didn't even know where Manhattan Beach was. But I opened the window in the morning and I was on my own. And... um, and I was on the beach, and I thought, I've made it, this was <laughs> the Californian dream, you know, I'm not a New Yorker, it doesn't, New York fi- rubs me a little rough, I'm just, a more sort of relaxed and outdoorsy, and Uh, la and manhattan beach was just a beautiful place to sort of find myself and it granted me that autonomy and i needed to grow up a bit and i had always done what everyone wanted me to do my agents and um everyone like my my mom i just needed to grow up so i needed to have some privacy and i that's where i went 19 years old didn't know a soul
1: you uh are brave. You were brave. You know it's funny when you look back. Are you, mm-hmm. are, you're like, I can't believe I did that.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When I meet 19 year olds now, I think, Wow, that was. You know what, Monica? Good on you. Like that's pretty brave to go there and and not know anyone and to make a career out of it. And you know, it wasn't easy. I'm not gonna lie. It was lonely. But I love, I love, I think you never regret living somewhere else. And that time, I'll never um, regret. Even even bad experiences because they shape you, right? And even if you move, let's say, to Costa Rica and it wasn't what you imagined, you always have those memories and that life experience. And I really recommend any young people to try living in another place. And older people too. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, we we seem to have less uh, energy and uh, Mm -hmm. our propensity for risk is much lower, but that's amazing. And it Mm -hmm. certainly obviously gave you the confidence to move forward. Mm -hmm. Now, Monica, you appeared in over 50 film and television Mm -hmm. roles, including On the Bold and the Beautiful, Caroline in the City, The Mm -hmm. King of Queens. But what I am dying to hear about is your experiences appearing in four episodes of (laughs) Beverly Hills 90210. (laughs) Uh I'm not sure if I should be proud of this, but I basically have a PhD in Beverly Hills 90210 (laughs) with a double minor in Melrose Place. Now, let me set this up, if I may, for our younger audience. Throughout the 90s, for 10 seasons, Beverly Hills 90210 captivated an entire generation with the soap opera-like drama about the lives of a group of teenagers at West Beverly Hills High. Brandon, Dylan, Kelly, Brenda, Donna, we all know them. This gang ruled the airwaves. This show was a television blockbuster phenomena. This was, again, before the internet, before streaming. There were basically only four major television channels. Beverly Hills 90210, 293 episodes, 11 specials on Fox. They regularly would draw 15 million viewers, which is crazy. Now, in late 95, early 96, Monica had a recurring guest starring role as Elle, who is a troublesome old flame of the Steve Sanders character, played Mm by Ian, not Ian, Ziering. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How did you get this gig? How did you get this opportunity?
0: Yes, well, I auditioned like everyone else, and um, you're missing one big part of the story. Do you want to tell everyone? (laughs) Please, please. You want me to tell? I can't wait. (laughs) Well, I auditioned, and um I probably wouldn't take the role now because it should have gone to someone who was trans I played a trans woman mm-hmm. and that was the whole joke and that's another issue now that we know better we do better we don't make fun of trans people but we the show definitely did I didn't know that I was transitioning from male to female so we're making out on the car and he f- you know figures it out <laughs> and um. you know there were lots of jokes throughout this those four episodes and I regret those now because we are more sensitive to trans people and um it should have gone again to a trans actor but I was really excited to work on the show and you know I mean I was a fan of the show so at the time I I took it willingly and I'm you know I'm proud that in the sense that we represented a group that had never been really represented on a date, like on a nighttime, uh, hugely popular show. I don't think there were any trans people. So Mm -hmm. in that sense, it was groundbreaking, but now we know better and we'll do better.
1: Well, it must've been amazing for you. As you say, you're a fan of the show and now Mm -hmm. you're on the set (laughs) and you're on TV. I mean, what do you remember about the whole experience?
0: I remember, you know, recently some actors have come forward saying that they were not treated very well. I thought everyone was really nice to me. I remember um, Jason was uh, lovely because he's Canadian. <laughs> yes, of uh, course. And we're all nice, right? <laughs> um, we're all Tori's, nice. Tori Spelling came up to me one night at a nightclub and said, you're working on the show. Congratulations, we haven't met. She was super sweet. And so I had a, a really... Good experience, you know, and um, it's it was it's very hard to step in a show that is really popular and established as a guest star because you're you're the outsider, right? But everyone except for one actress was everyone was really nice, <laughs> and she wasn't even one of the regulars.
1: Well, I want to ask you about specifics to the mm-hmm. extent you have some interesting mm-hmm. stories or, or encounters yeah, yeah. that you want to talk about. So, yeah. as you said, Jason was fellow Canadian. He played Brandon. Yeah. Did he also direct any of your episodes?
0: He did not. He did okay. not. I don't think he was directing yet at that time. But you could probably do tell me if he was. Yeah. I don't well, think I know he, he was jumping yet.
1: into it. You're right. He he famously came out of that show with a, yeah. a desire to do it, and I guess he had been playing around with it towards the end of the show. Mm-hmm. Now, Ian Ziering playing Steve Sanders. Mm-hmm. I assume most of your screen time yes, was with him. Was- yeah. He's now, of course, he's even more famous for the Sharknado <laughs> series of films. Yeah, how? What were your? What was your uh, experience like with with him?
0: You know what? He was really fun. We had obviously some awkward things to shoot because he reaches. You know, we're making out on this car, and he reaches in to my top and there's a fake um, jelly like breast and so there were lots of awkward moments that he made fun and we just laughed a lot and um, he was a gentleman he really was
1: well uh, as you say these are all established you know they're on the in the uh, in the famous category for being on the show and now as you say someone new comes in so it's it's quite nice to hear people treated you pleasantly Brian Austin Green, played Mm -hmm. David. He's Mm -hmm. recently only in the news because his ex-wife, Megan Fox, Mm -hmm. is now with Mm -hmm. Machine Gun Kelly. But Mm -hmm. I also just heard him recently saying he is coming back big time with a few movies. What were your interactions like with Brian Austin Green?
0: You know, I think we only had one scene, uh, maybe around a table. We didn't really interact much. I came into one scene where we were at a banquet and he might have been there, but I don't really remember speaking to him.
1: His, as a side note, and this may have come in when you were there or not, yeah. but Tiffany Thiessen, Tim Tiffany yeah. Amber Theisen at the time, yeah. uh, she was cast to play uh, on the show because Shannon Doherty had been fired, yeah. but Brian Austin Green was dating her at the time, and I don't think oh. he was thrilled that uh, every episode... Her character, Valerie, was supposed to make out with someone different, so oh. that's going to be tough for Brian.
0: Oh, okay. I didn't know <laughs> that. You've got the whole scoop. I got, you, I you get, you do I got lots a of master's.
1: <laughs> I, I, <laughs> thank you. I've finally been validated for all the yeah. time I spent. Mm-hmm. Tori Spelling, you mentioned yeah. she was nice to you. Her dad, mm-hmm. of course, was the great TV producer Aaron Spelling. Mm-hmm. Let's get real. Could Tori Spelling act?
0: You know, I never had any scenes with Tori. Mm. Um <laughs> I don't know. I think she did fine. Yeah. I think she did fine. Would she have gotten the role? No. Like the nepotism is obvious, but look, she did I was on a, another soap um and um it, uh, the Bold and the Beautiful and there were actors there whose parents owned the show, you know, <laughs> on Y&R. Could they have gotten the role, um, Laura Lee Bell? I don't know. Probably not. But, <laughs> you know, um, I don't fault anyone for for getting the role that way. And um, they did fine. It's not an easy job, you know, this acting business.
1: Well, I, I think when it comes to nepotism, the door may be cracked open for you. But as you say, you still got to walk through that door. And, and- yeah deliver the results, so.
0: Yeah, t- frankly, I don't really remember Tori standing out as a bad actor, so I think she did just fine.
1: Now, did you have, in in my vast and extensive research, I couldn't mm-hmm. find any uh, sense that um, the, the late, great Luke Perry, was he on the show at that time, and did you have any interactions with him?
0: You know what, I believe he was at in one episode with me we didn't really talk but I spoke to him later in Vancouver on the street and um, because I knew from a mutual friend that he loved dogs and I had a bloodhound T-Bone and he was walking down the street and I said Luke Luke and he wouldn't turn around because he thought I was a super fan and I said I, I'm i a friend of so and so's and I have a bloodhound in the car and he turned around and he was like oh my god and T-Bone he fell in love with T-Bone and he was just a sweetheart and what a tragedy, you know, such a lovely guy and, um, just taken too soon.
1: Well, I think when we look at how well known those actors were and those characters, I think an equivalent show of today would be Euphoria or Outer Mm -hmm. Banks, but Mm -hmm. I don't think the individual cast members of those shows are as well known Mm. or recognized today in the nineties. Everyone knew Brandon and Brenda and Dylan. Now you, Monica, had already been through the public awareness via your modeling experiences. How did being on 90210 compare in terms of being recognized and, for lack of a better word, validated in terms of being an actor?
0: Mm. So me personally being recognized?
1: Yeah, like Um, as compared to in your modeling days, you'd already been through this whole thing.
0: Well, you know what? There was a different level of recognition when I did that show because, uh, you know, it's a different audience than the people reading the fashion magazines. So um, I would say that it was, well, and it was a bit funny too because I played this trans woman so I got a lot of comments when I went out about the show <laughs> if I was out with my friends and they would ask me rude questions about my personal you know sexuality um it was a, it was different it was a different awareness just like being on a soap opera you ha- you get a, yet another the daytime audience is way different than than the o audience so it was funny
1: Today, my fifteen-year-old is burning through Friends, Fresh mm-hmm. Prince of Bel Air, Gilmore Girls. Are we not ready for a replay and resurgence of Beverly Hills Nine Hundred Two One Zero and a reboot, perhaps?
0: Oh, did they not do? Did they not do one? I thought they did one.
1: I I, I may have to go for my post grad work and brush up on that. You have to. You
0: go back and take a look, because I believe they tried to They did a little reboot. Um and i'm not sure if everyone came back but i think a couple years ago they did i think it, i think you know tv would eat it up i love i obviously they love our generation loves the characters and you made an interesting comment about how people these days aren't recognized as much by a, a first on a first name basis you know as those characters and i wonder if it's because we're saturated with so many shows or is it also because they just resonated i don't know
1: it's a, i think it is incredible that with all these things coming at you it's uh, it's it's amazing when something can stick mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now monica you subsequently went on to study television broadcast journalism at university of california in los angeles Did you enjoy that experience?
0: Yes. I had always regretted not going to university or college because I was modeling. And, you know, I understood that you have a finite amount of time to finish your career before they don't want you anymore. So I had always wanted to go to school and I was your I was the happiest mature student <laughs> that ever graced or ever walked around the UCLA campus. You know, I was there early with my books and my pencil, and it was so much fun. i I walked in and there were two other models there <laughs> uh, taking the same course. It was an evening course and you know, extended learning and it was really fun.
1: It sounds like you appreciate it more when you're, as you, you say, do. mature <laughs> you student. You do,
0: you do. I, you know, when you're a kid, you, oh, yeah, I don't want to go to class. I, but when you didn't have that opportunity, you just want to be there. And I yeah. ate it all up. I loved it.
1: And now, what brought back? What brought you back to Canada?
0: so in 2007 you know my parents were getting older and i wanted to have a family and i i just i didn't have a boyfriend <laughs> and i moved to canada and then i got to be with my parents and i met my husband and so that was all it all happened as it was meant to
1: that's great now you have so many interesting and unique life stories and experiences but i want to just Mention a few and get your uh, mm-hmm. uh, memories. You paid a visit to Russia mm-hmm. pre-Glasnost during mm-hmm. communism.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yes, the Iron Wall was coming down. They were launching the first fashion magazine, Borda, a German magazine to be launched in um, behind the Iron Curtain I went with Eileen Ford my agent and two other models Christy Turlington and Renee Simonson and we you know it was very cool because we were you know followed by the KGB and <laughs> it was felt very like oh I, I felt like I was in a movie and we were in this gigantic my hotel room was the size of a house but there was no food I mean that you know communism there was the potato lines and <laughs> there was nothing to eat <laughs> it was very interesting to be there and i didn't and then i happened to be you know in germany when the wall came down the like the yeah. actual berlin wall i was there for an anti-drug conference for the rcmp drug awareness program and i the wall came down i got i feel very much like you know force i've said like forrest gump i'm just there at the right place at the right time and I went through Checkpoint Charlie on the last day, and as a young person, you don't really understand communism. I, I tried to pay for the bus, you know, when I was on in East Germany, and they don't take any money because it's all paid for. It was, mm-hmm. the, and all the restaurants at seven p.m. or were closed because they're. They're like open from five to six, maybe. It was very weird, and now I have this understanding and appreciation for being there at this critical time in history. You know, when people hear that I was there when the wall came down, (laughs) it's like. And I, when we landed in Canada a week later or whatever it was, because I went to see my grandma after. In Bavaria, and when we were landing, people were reuniting after how many years? You know, in the in Toronto Pearson, and my mom and I were just watching them and crying because these my mom lived through World War Two. You know, and people reuniting from East East Germany to their relatives in Canada. It was just just a beautiful time to be a witness to history.
1: Well, wow, that's amazing. That's a great uh, analogy. Monica, to be the uh, Forrest Gump of your time, being all (laughs) these interesting places.
0: Maybe not of my time, but I'm just at the right place at the right time.
1: (laughs) That's always a good thing. Now, talk about your French Vogue cover. This is very Mm -hmm. similar to your experience of riding on the TTC and seeing Mm -hmm. a passenger, seeing your uh, face on the cover. Mm -hmm, You mm -hmm. were in Paris when Mm -hmm. French Vogue hit the Mm -hmm. stands. Talk a little about that experience.
0: Yes, so I had a a Vogue cover, a French Vogue with Bill King, and it came out during Fashion Week in Paris. So everywhere I went, there were huge murals and posters and bus stops with my face on them. And Bill said, you know, because we were shooting something else at the time, Tatler. he said have people recognized you and I said a little bit cuz you know I looked different without makeup and <laughs> my hair blowing in the wind but yeah. it was an exciting it was an exci- exciting time to be there <sighs>
1: Did you have any interesting stories from your interactions? You were in this orbit of celebrity models and actors and athletes and musicians. Did you ever come across George Michael or anyone of that? Oh,
0: no, I regret not auditioning. I didn't think I was, you know, I did have my own insecurities they were they put a casting call out when i lived in la for that um freedom video with all the supermodels i didn't go on the casting because i i knew they were going to cast like christy and cindy and but i did not i regret not meeting him um but i've met so many people in my life you know i i could i don't even know where to start and i i don't like the name dropping but i i have been very fortunate um you know to meet lots of people (laughs) i can tell you canadians i met i've met like brian adams yes um you know i went to Chantal kraviacic's concert and she said oh my gosh i had your picture on my wall and i thought if you can make it uh, like a young girl from scarborough i could make it so that was really sweet and uh you know Drew Barrymore had my picture she she came up to me once at the Eaton Center and said oh my god she was a huge fashion fan and uh, a fan of reading you know fashion magazines and she had some of my Vogue stuff in her room she told me so it was nice it was nice I've met lots and Uh, lots of people sometimes you don't want to meet them because you know you're (laughs) you're disappointed but
1: I'm gonna ask you about that you don't have you don't have to name any names you don't Mm -hmm. want but When you meet someone who you was a hero or you looked up to, when you actually meet them, it's either going to ruin it for you, or it's an affirmation of their status in your eyes. Is there anyone you can remember that you want to talk about who you did meet who, wow, they're even better than I thought, or my goodness, what was I thinking?
0: Oh, better than I thought. Well, I'm, you know, my mama raised me right, so I'm not going to say anything bad about anybody. But <laughs> yeah. um, let me think, who is there I, one who
1: really blew you away? Like, what an impressive person!
0: Oh, you know, Helen Mirren was. I was interviewing people on the red carpet. She was really lovely. Uh, I find the biggest stars are generally the nicest because, you know, they are not insecure. They they have nothing to prove. They they've done it all you know um, oh gosh I, I'd have don't, to think about that one
1: well that's good I like I like your mom's philosophy my mom shared the same one mm. if you don't have anything good to say <laughs> don't say it I got some miscellaneous stuff for you okay. here Monica okay the internet says that Monica Schnair is reportedly six mm. foot one inch mm. as if nobody has been able to accurately capture your height <laughs> you mentioned five eleven the internet says six one. This is your fantastic opportunity to okay. set the record straight. I'm
0: gonna tell you the whole quick story about why there's such a discrepancy online. So I when I was thirteen I was five eleven and I still grew. And when people asked me how tall, I got bored of the same answer. And also for acting you wanna make yourself a little smaller, right? So <laughs> I'm six one and three quarter. I'm one hundred and eighty four centimeters.
1: <laughs> this is excellent. We have completed We have set cleared the cleared
0: the record. Yeah. I say six <clears> two <throat> sometimes because six one and three quarters sounds long to, it's a mouthful, but I'm six one and three quarter.
1: Now you were so busy in high school times with your modeling. Did you mm-hmm. ever play were you an athlete? Did you play volleyball, basketball? Mm. These were all great attributes your height.
0: I started on the basketball team and track, but then I just couldn't keep everything going because I was too busy and so I let I had to it wasn't fair to the team or you know to me and other people to to miss practices so I I I didn't I didn't continue I my basketball career
1: <laughs> yeah it, it had its time but mm-hmm. you you still got your height so uh, if you mm-hmm. ever get invited out to the pickup <laughs> game you can still <laughs> do some blocks yeah yeah. I, I also want to talk to you Monica about your teeth Mm-hmm. In your heyday, and mm-hmm. today, you uh-huh. are known for your toothy smile. Uh-huh. But when, we, when you were younger, you were made fun of mm-hmm. for your teeth. I have a 15-year-old daughter, mm-hmm. basically the same age as you, when you were literally under worldwide scrutiny. And I, I literally have no clue how to deal with my daughter on issues of beauty and self-worth mm. and confidence. What lessons learned can you pass on?
0: Well, you know, that that's a really good question because all of the things that I was made fun of, my big toothy smile, they called me horse teeth and unmentionable names, and my height, and then lots of, you know, kids can be mean. All of those things that made me different later on gave me my career, you know, (laughs) my big lips, they called me jello lips, and (laughs) my brother did too. All of those things that i mean i made a living out of them later so i would say to your daughter and young women out there and men who are you know picked on for any reason the thing that makes you the most different is is the best thing about you you know if it's you know if it's your your big toothy smile if you have you know whatever it is that's gonna set you apart from everyone else because who wants to be the same
1: very well said. Leverage what makes you unique.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, on a on a very uh, uh, gauche topic of money, mm-hmm. who managed mm-hmm. your money, and mm-hmm. did your parents let you, teenage Monica, mm-hmm. let you buy anything crazy like a Corvette, or in the case of Scarborough, it's more likely a Camaro IROC? <laughs> my anything brother crazy had with your the
0: IROC. Oh my God! I can't believe you said that.
1: <laughs> I, I I was in North York. I, I know my uh, local <laughs> cars. <laughs>
0: um you know what my I didn't have fancy taste and I didn't care for anything expensive but I did buy my car before I bought my YJ jeep before um the the sales tax went up so I actually had my jeep before I was able to drive (laughs) which is crazy but mom was right she saved me she's an accountant she saved me a couple of thousand dollars um. So no, I didn't really buy anything, and uh, my mom would say, you know, spend Monica, buy nice clothing. I'm like, why? They just dress me when I'm there. You know, the model, the model uniform is a pair of ripped jeans and a white T-shirt. No one really dresses up, and even today, yeah. people dress me when I go <laughs> to an event. I don't have to buy anything fancy.
1: Yeah. Well, that's good. Good to have a, lucky, a mom who's an lucky. accountant. Yeah. Let's close off. I really appreciate your time today. And I would like, I got some brief questions here at the end. Strangest place you have ever been recognized?
0: Oh, you know, I think that was Thailand because I landed and you're in the middle of, you know, the rainforest. And then someone says, Monica. <laughs> and I said, you would must surprise be. you. I said, you must be Canadian. <laughs> and they were like, yeah. How did you know? I said, well, that's where mostly I'm recognized.
1: Uh, in terms of an interaction with a celebrity, and I'm not gonna—you've mm-hmm. already made it clear—we're gonna be positive here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In addition to Helen Mirren, anyone a celebrity that you had an amazing interaction with that you you recall?
0: Oh gosh, um, we didn't get to speak for long, but I, you know, I was I was able to meet Princess Di, and I. Oh wow was more starstruck than i thought i was going to be and she was just very lovely and i i didn't think i'd be starstruck cuz i had met all these celebrities but she was so she had that x factor you know that she was just so so gracious and humble and sweet and i was i suddenly was a big fan
1: that's great wow that mm-hmm. is unique mhm is there anyone that you get confused for is anyone run up to you calling <laughs> mm-hmm. you the name of someone else
0: so yes when I was younger and I was uh, very blonde for a time I had Daryl Hannah and then for a long time uh, Laurie Singer because we have the same sort of long long face um, and people that don't know Laurie Singer I believe she was in Footloose so yep. um, and then um, also who else um, who sadly has passed Tawny Katane you know. Yes. So someone said, "Are you Tawny Katane? And she had she had dated my boyfriend. So I was like, I was not very nice when I was asked if I was Tawny Katane. But I get that one too because of the 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 big teeth, big lips, <laughs> big teeth. <laughs>
1: Well, once, we, once I, I get around to uh, if Daryl Hannah and Laurie Singer ever get on this podcast, I'll have to find out if they had it go in the reverse way as well.
0: <laughs> I doubt that.
1: <laughs> Monica, do you keep in touch with any of your fellow models from those modeling days? Do you have a Facebook group mm. for supermodels?
0: <laughs> you know what? I keep in touch a little bit with Um, Rachel Hunter who was um, you know now we can't it's a lot easier because of social media Um, you know but all of those you know, women have gone back to their lives in their countries and <laughs> cities. Um, but Rachel and I, and there are a lot of that you wouldn't recognize. A lot of models that I lived with. So at Eileen's house, you could have eight models there at at one given time. So wow. a lot of women that went through there. Um, we keep in touch. That you 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 might not know their names, but they worked as uh, like they were huge models in the eighties and nineties making you know sort of the money that you dream about but no one knows their name
1: <laughs> yeah well it just shows you the the good part about having now the internet and social media is you you can keep in touch with people from mm-hmm. your past from mm-hmm. all over the world
0: mm-hmm.
1: monica what are your plans for the remainder of 2022 and beyond i guess mm. it's all about real estate right now
0: yes yeah, so i'm You know representing my clients as a real estate agent i love i love my job i'm still acting and modeling and i just was on drag race i hope and pray they have me back because it was one of the best experiences i was a guest judge on the show drag race and you know i just i thought i'm very linear sometimes in my thinking and i thought i have to quit acting and i have to quit modeling because now i'm I'm doing this real estate thing but you don't because it all sort of helps and you know these days you have to be um you know have many talents (laughs) and uh I'm not I'm not I'm not quite ready to leave the business yet so I'm hopeful for uh, maybe one more acting series would be great I would love to be um a guest star on a show. I'd love to do one more big modeling job and, and then carry on my life quietly as a real estate advisor.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it sounds like one, one business can help the other. Yeah, it does. It
0: does actually.
1: And on that note, where can we best follow Monica Schneer Mm. and know what you are up to?
0: You know, I, I love Instagram and I don't spend a lot of time on Facebook, but but I'm still on there for my mom. (laughs) And um, so these days, the best way to reach me is on Instagram and um, or Engelin Volker, which some people don't know how to spell. So I just say Instagram is the best way.
1: Okay, great. Well, listen, it was fantastic having you catching up. Thanks for all your time. Wishing you uh, an excellent remainder of the summer and a great transition to this new career. So thank Thank you, Monica.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: And to the listener, Thank you for listening to this episode of the Toronto Legends Podcast. On behalf of Monica Schner, I am Andrew Applebaum saying mahalo.
0: i
1: Catch, catch us, us on, on the Dean Blund Blundell Network. Network Or on our YouTube channel Or wherever you get your podcasts Because, because democracy is, is something you do I'm Andrea Askowitz And I'm Allison Langer